Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for May 27th, 2018. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean and Russ Dean, co-pastors at Park Road Baptist Church. Their sermon today asks the question, Why did you come here? busy Halloween night, and the front doors of the church parsonage were weary from the constant barrage of little fists. Late in that night's procession of princesses and superheroes, the tired pastor and his wife opened the door again to find one of the two costumed children standing there, bouncing up and down, excited, waving an excited finger next door. Hey, mister, hey, hey, did you know, did you know that that's my church right there? Hey, mister, that's my church. My father, the pastor of that church next door, recognized the excited little child, and he waved in his own enthusiasm to the parents who were waiting in the car on the street. The innocent little goblin standing there on his own pastor's front steps had provided my parents the very best Halloween treat they could ever want. Genuine and unprovoked excitement about the church. How excited are you about Park Road Baptist Church? Why have you come here? Today. To Park Road Baptist Church, why have you come? Why did you get out of your soft bed and leave all the comforts of your home? When most of the world claims Sunday as just another day of rest, a day to catch up from a week of work and a Saturday of play, why do you come here week after week? Or have you ever really asked that question? Old habits die hard, and we are creatures of individual habits and broad patterns in our living. So as we continue our ministry together with you here, after almost 18 years, we need to ask each of us, why have we come here? If the church is an idea whose time has come and gone, we ought to give it up in search of a better idea. If our Sabbath routine only enforces tradition, we ought to let it go and seek out a new spring which can be a source of true life. If church is only an intellectual enterprise, a place for exchanging ideas and abstract notions. If church is only a social outlet or a cultural encounter. If church is only an outpost for social do-goodism. Then we've come here for the wrong reason or for not enough of the right reasons. This morning, we want to challenge you to consider, why have you come here? We have come to hear the gospel. Years ago, as a child, I heard a visiting preacher use the word euangelion in a sermon. I love that word. Maybe it was just the sound of the, of the word, the way it rolled off my tongue. I came away repeating the word euangelion It stuck with me through the years. Maybe it was the childish excitement of knowing a word in a foreign language, but from time to time that word would just pop into my head, euangelion. Years later, I sat down in a seminary classroom and I learned the word again for the first time. The prefix eu means good. Eugenics, Eucharist, 
euthanasia, euangelion. And the root word angelion sounds like the English equivalent angel. An angel was a messenger, the bearer of news. So the word is translated by our English word gospel. Euangelion is good news. The gospel is why we are here. The gospel is the reason for our worship. The gospel is the reason for our community. The gospel is the reason we might just leave here changed. Through the years, our language about Jesus, our language about Jesus, and our language about the church, and our language about all matters of faith has changed considerably. But a genuine excitement remains in our heart and soul. The gospel is still good news. Is it to you? Regardless of critical questions we might ask about the historical Jesus or intellectual difficulties about him, the heart of our faith is the story of this earthly man and his heavenly relationship with God. The heart of faith is wrapped in the mystery of his death and his resurrection. The incarnation of Jesus means God has participated in our humanity. God participates in our humanity, even to the point of our deaths, and this gospel claims the power to transform even that final defeat. It is still good news. Why have you come here? We have come to sing the songs. Worship must be music to God's ears. As a college minister for almost seven years, during, and it still is, if a college student is really religious, they are generally really conservative. And so my work with college students was during uh, and with a lot of conservative theologically college students. And I heard so many times they said this phrase, I'm just not being fed. I came to truly detest that phrase. I'm just not being fed. First Baptist Church in Clemson was much like Park Road Baptist Church in its theology and worship style, more formal with classical music, much liturgy, including confessing and pardoning of sin. You had to follow your bulletin or you would be lost. And the college students found it kind of boring. They just weren't getting anything out of it. They weren't being fed. Our pastor there once boldly and wisely told them, if you're not being fed, maybe it's time for you to take off your bib and put on an apron. I loved that. <laughs> for you see, worship is not about us, it's about God. And I think we get confused about this often. Worship happens in this very room at least once per week for at least one hour, sometimes two when Joey's being ordained. <clears throat> but this one hour in this one place is just a building block for all the other experiences of worship that you have out there in other places and at other times. But that's why this moment of worship is so important and holy. This is holy ground, and these are holy moments to be spent singing songs and in confession, in prayer, in the study of Scripture, in praise, in silence. We are preparing ourselves in this place for all of those moments out there that are going to happen ahead of us. 
Harry Emerson Fosdick in a prayer once said, Spirit of the living God, discover us today. Come through the tangled pathways grown with weed and thicket that have kept us from you. We cannot reach you, so reach us. That some soul who came here barren of your grace may go out singing. I wish that would happen in this hour of worship. That some soul who came here barren of grace may go out singing. Kathleen Norris in her wonderful book, Amazing Grace, a Vocabulary of Faith, describes worship as home, the place where they have to take you in. We have to take you in. She goes on to say that when people come together to worship, they come as God knows them with their differences, their wildly various experiences and perspectives, and by some miracle, they sing and listen and pray as one. This is miraculous. So today, we should pray for that kind of miracle in worship. Why have you come here? We've come here to be community without the fear that judgments will be made. It is our firm conviction that the good news which we sing in worship is only good news if it is expressed in community. The dictionary defines community as a group of people living in the same locality and under the same government. But the Christian community is not geographical. It defies all municipal and national boundaries. The community of faith, regardless of what the pundits and politicians and some preachers will tell you, is not represented by partisan politics. Jesus is not a Democrat, and God is not a white American card-carrying Republican male. Jesus had a disturbing way of redefining community, of bursting open wide the boundaries of the acceptable, whether welcoming children, who were not well regarded in his society, or the poor, who are not well regarded in any society, whether opening his arms literally to leprous outcasts, or opening his heart to prostitutes, whether teaching women or eating with tax collectors, whether breaking traditions or creating new ones, Jesus redefined community. Will Williman and Stanley Hauerwas at at Duke University defined the church as a colony, an island of one culture in the middle of another. In our baptism, they say, our citizenship is transferred from one dominion to another, and we become, in whatever culture we find ourselves, resident aliens. Resident aliens living here alone against the world, yet together. And we do need each other. To paraphrase Forrest Gump, stuff happens sometimes, but community is not one of them. True community must be created intentionally. It doesn't often just happen. Maya Angelou wrote, lying, thinking last night how to find my soul a home where the water is not thirsty and the loaf bread is not stone. And I came up with something and I think I'm not wrong. 
nobody, but nobody can make it alone. Why have you come here? We have come to celebrate the grace by which we are changed. Millard Fuller, founder of Habitat for Humanity, knows what it's like to be changed. He was a self-made millionaire before the age of 30, and I had heard his story many times, but just before moving here many years ago, I got an opportunity to have lunch with him with several of my colleagues, and I had the privilege of hearing his story personally. But I observed as he was talking that he's just one of those guys that knows how to make money. He touches money and it multiplies. He changed from making money for himself to making money for those who live in substandard housing. And in his book, The Theology of the Hammer, he says that our faith mandates that we do more than just talk about faith and sing about love. We must put faith and love into action to make them real, to make them come alive for people. Faith, he says, must be incarnated. That is to say, it must become more than a verbal proclamation or an intellectual assent. True faith must be acted out. Every time we enter this room, it should be a reminder that hope is a possibility and that when we leave, we will be different for having been together in this place. We will be changed. That is what I pray just before entering worship each and every week for 18 years. I pray that we would so experience the presence of God that we would be changed. It's an unusual thing considering that we are people who resist change so strongly. It goes against our nature, but it is a part of our calling because the world will be a different place in a few minutes at noon than it was when we came in here at 11. More babies will have been abandoned, more stomachs will be growling, more people will have had their power turned off because they couldn't pay their bills, more eviction notices will be served, someone will have died and left family and friends in a sea of grief, and in order for us to do something about any of that, we have to be different people when we leave here than when we walked in, or nothing will ever change. We've got to be better. We've got to be stronger. We've got to be more committed. We've got to be more like Christ, and that will take much grace. Why have you come here? Maybe this always is to be a place where the gospel is heard and songs are sung, where openness abounds and where change happens. And may those who are skeptical about the church find that they were wrong when they see us in action. For this, we will need God's grace. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. 
Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.